Uh, I want to I want to just encourage you if you if you've been taking notes and 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 throughout this series in Matthew. Uh, I'm not going to go into great detail of the whole chapter because I did that with the Easter series about the upper room experience, about the garden experience. Uh, if you want, if you want more of that in detail, or if you need that outline, those outlines for your 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 little, because I know a lot of people they've kept a folder throughout the whole book of Matthew. If you need those, let me know. And I can get those to you, but I went into great detail about what took place in those places during the Easter series. So I want to take this and pull out of Matthew chapter number 26, something really, really important for everybody. Now, I know sometimes, sometimes we come to church and, uh, and, and as we're listening to the message, we're thinking, I know who needs to hear this, but look in the mirror. Everybody needs this one. Everybody needs this one. And, and this is really a, a real serious message, a sober message. So I need you to pay attention. I need you to listen. And I need you to bank on what we're saying. This doesn't need to be one of those that goes in one ear and... This is for all of us, including your preacher. Including, especially your preacher. So... I want to preach this morning on the subject, an anatomy of a fall, anatomy of a fall. How many of y'all know great life failures do not just happen? I've heard people say, oh, it just happened. No, it didn't. Adultery doesn't just happen. Family feuds, they don't just happen. Great moral failures don't just happen. Uh, a person didn't wake up one morning and become an addict. It doesn't just happen. There are things that lead up to, there are little failures that lead up to great failures. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And so that's what I want to deal with today. The little failures that led up to the big one. So if we, we're going to skip around a little bit in this chapter, but let's begin in verse 31. Jesus has got the disciples at the Mount of Olives. This is the night before he is crucified. And he begins to warn them and tell them. Then saith Jesus unto them, what's that word? All. All ye shall be offended. Offended. That doesn't mean just, okay, you hurt my feelings. That means you're going to run. You're going to abandon. All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Never. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Now keep in mind, the cock usually crows about three in the morning to four in the morning. It's about midnight at this time. So in only a couple hours, this is going to happen. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then it says in verse 40, verse 40. And he cometh unto his disciples. This is after they've gone into the garden and he's asked them to pray with him. And he findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Read it with me. The spirit indeed is willing, but the, flesh the flesh is weak. Look in verse 56. They have come. The crowd has come, the soldiers have come, the guards have come, Judas has come, and they have grabbed Jesus, they have arrested Jesus, verse 56. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled, read it with me. Then all the disciples, how many? All. all the disciples forsook him and... Now let's look at verse 69. Verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace... And the damsel came unto him saying, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him 
and said unto them that was there, excuse me, said unto them that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. I promise you, I don't know him. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou art also one of them for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear. Now, if you've got a potty mouth, you, you might want to check on that. Because after I read this, nowhere after this did they accuse him of being a Christian. So be careful what comes out of your mouth. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. Now read it with me. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Now really listen to this and, and, and read it loud. And he went out and wept, wept bitterly. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so grateful and thankful for an opportunity to be in your house, to hear your word, and to, 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 to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I have the truth. I need your spirit to anoint it. I need you to touch my heart and my mind. Lord, I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm not here to criticize anybody. I'm here to encourage and edify and strengthen. Lord, give us what we stand in need of. And God will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And Lord, we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. If we look at this story just from a bird's eye view, we find, we find the Lord's best disciple, the leader of the band, the one who, who really, in, in the big scheme of things, Jesus used the greatest, his number one disciple experiencing the greatest failure that a man could make, committing Committing the worst sin that could ever be committed. Now think about that. Jesus' number one disciple committed the very worst sin that could ever be committed. Denying his Lord. Now, I want you to understand something. This did not just happen. This did not just happen. There were things that led up to his Failure. I want you to know that when, it, when you read the, the verses that say he went out and wept bitterly, he went out and wept bitterly. That means if you study that phrase out, it meant that he cried to the point of having no tears. He wept to the point that any, listen, he was in ex, such extreme anguish and grief and brokenness over his failure that he cried so much he didn't even have no more tears to cry. Preacher, what are you saying? I, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt in my mind that Peter somewhere, some closet, somehow, some, some valley somewhere, wherever he ended up running to after he did this, I know without a shadow of a doubt, he was saying over and over and over again, how could I have done this? How did I get here? How did I commit this sin? There's no, what in the world? How did I get here? And I know many of us in here have been times in our life and places in our life that we wish to God we didn't do what we did. Do I have a witness? And there's been times, there's been times a lot of us in here have said, I, how did I do that? How did I do that? Well, listen, I'm not here to beat up nobody. I'm not here to beat up. No, I'm not here to make anybody feel guilty about anything. I'm so glad that we have a God who forgives. Amen. But this is preventative medicine. This is for those who haven't made it there yet. This is for those who've, who've, who've failed, but they want to do better from now on. Do I have a witness? 
What do we need to look out for? What, do we, what, what, were the, what were the mistakes? What were the failures? What were the, what were the small things that led up to the big thing? Well, the first of all, if you're taking notes, write this down. Write this down. This is going to be real simple. Uh, I'm telling you, this is going to be real simple, but very profound. First of all, we see the unheeded warnings. The unheeded warnings. In Matthew chapter number 26, verse 31, Jesus said, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. He tried to tell them that they were going to desert. The, the warning he gave was a desertion of followers. He said, you're all going to be offended. You're all going to be afraid. You're all going to abandon me. In, in, in unison, which started with Peter, Peter's the one that began this. They said, not me, not me, not me, not me. Peter went on to say he was arrogant and cocky. I believe he believed what he was saying, though. I truly do. I truly do because Peter pulled out that sword in the garden. He was willing to risk his life to die for his master. I believe he really believed what he was saying. But look what he says. Peter says to Jesus, I'm ready to go to prison for you. I'm even willing to die for you. Now watch what, watch what Jesus tells him in Luke chapter 22. Look in your notes, look in your notes. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as we. What is he saying? Peter, the devil is targeting you. This is not a game. This is not a game. This is, this is, listen, you got to understand the devil wants to destroy you. That's the second warning. The first warning was, hey, you're all going to be scattered. Now watch, watch how Jesus, watch how Jesus does this. And I'm going to come back to this in, I think, the third point. Jesus is telling them, hey, you're going to be scattered. But right after that, right after that, he says this, right after they say, hey, but when I, when I resurrect, I'm going to meet up with you in Galilee. In other words, this is going to happen, but it's going to be all right. But what do they do? No, -uh. no. -uh. And then he comes back at Peter said, look, Peter, I know you're saying this, but you got to understand you have a target on your back that is big as St. Louis. Satan wants you. Second warning. Second warning. They come in the garden. They come in the garden. Look what it says. Jesus turns around, finds him asleep. Finds him asleep. He says, you, you know, your flesh is weak. Your spirit is willing. Now, here, let, let's say this. Now, I would, I would, I dare to say everybody in here, when you leave here, you want to act right. You don't? <laughs> Lord Jesus, you scared me to death. Am I right? We, we have a willing spirit. We have good intentions. But he says your flesh is weak. Now watch what he says. He not only warned them about the desertion of the followers. He said, all of you are going to desert. All of you are going to be offended. All of you are going to run and scatter. He specifically said the desire of Satan. Satan is targeting you, Peter. He said, not only is he targeting, but you're going to deny me. There's a denial of a disciple. Look what he says. Luke 22, 34. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. He even said it. We find it in, in, in Matthew also, Matthew 26, 34. But watch what Peter says. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise said all the disciples. What's the point? <clears throat> the main point is unheeded warning. How many times have you come in here? How many times have you come in here and you just went through the motions? You let it go through one ear and... Your focus was not on the word. Your focus was not on what God was trying to tell you for that day. Your focus was on what you was going to eat that afternoon. Your focus was what you was going to do that afternoon. It was on the chores you had to finish. It was on the job you got to get to the next day. And Jesus is screaming at you. Jesus is trying to warn us. We, we, listen, we don't come here just for a religious activity. 
This is not just a, a religious habit that we have. We got to go through the motion. We got to come in here, sing a couple songs and, and listen to a man holler and scream about, about what's in a book. And then we can go, then we can go do what we want to do. Do you understand that when you come here, God has got a word for you. God has already scouted out your trail. God has already seen what you're going to face this week. He has seen the temptation you're going to deal with this week. He knows what is coming on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And when you come in here on Sunday, he wants to warn you. And we need to start paying attention. We need to start listening. Let me tell you the first step. The first step to man's greatest failure is unheeded warnings. Unheeded warnings. When God tries to get our attention and we just don't listen. Number two. Number two. I really want to talk about that listening thing some more. Because I think sometimes we're always sitting here thinking it's for the next man. It's for the one sitting behind me. It's for the one sitting beside me. And we just let it go through one ear and out the other. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've preached truth where it says don't be unequally yoked together. And Jesus is warning people don't marry somebody that's not saved. And they let it go through one ear and out the other. And they get married anyway because they're just in love. And it's a disaster. Preach from this pulpit time after time after time after. Be careful. Be careful. Don't put yourself in uncompromising positions. The Bible says don't give place for the devil. Don't give the devil an opportunity to tempt you. We're all going to be tempted. There's not a man or woman on this planet that will not face temptation sooner or later. But temptation and opportunities are not always together. We got to keep them far apart. For instance, don't get it. If you're married, don't be alone with another woman that's not your wife. Why? Because you're going to be tempted and that's going to create an opportunity. But if you're in a crowd, there might be temptation, but there ain't no opportunity. Do I have a witness? Listen, if you struggle with alcohol, if you struggle with addiction, don't hang out with people that will facilitate that failure in your life. But you know what we do? We hear it from the pulpit and it goes in. Peter wouldn't listen. Peter wouldn't listen. I wonder why he wouldn't listen. I think this is why. Number two, there was an unrecognized weakness. There was an unrecognized weakness. Jesus sees them in the garden. They're asleep. They're asleep. He says your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. In Matthew 26, 33, Peter answered and said unto them, though all men shall be offended because of thee, <laughs> yet will I never. Yet will I Peter could just, he just could not he could not see himself doing that. Now, here's the, here's the part that we need to look. Everybody, come on now. Don't, don't phase out on me. I believe he was serious. I believe he meant it. I believe he loved Jesus. I believe he meant what he said. But the problem is he didn't recognize his weakness. He did not recognize the fact that he couldn't uphold his mouth overshot his behind. I'll never do this. And I know we could all, every one of us in here, somewhere down the line, somewhere in our life, we could put the rewind button on it and, and we ended up doing something we said we would. Let me tell you why we did because we didn't realize how weak we really are. Jesus told him in the garden, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is. Your spirit's willing, but your flesh is. Look what the Bible says about our flesh. 
Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Who can know what we really have potential for? The heart is deceitful. Deceitful means it'll trick you. I see people posting junk on Facebook all the time. Stupid stuff. Oh, just go with your heart. Don't go with your heart. Oh, just if, if, if you just go with your heart for this, this person you're dating or this person you're pursuing or this person you want to marry or this, 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 don't go with your heart. Go with the word. The word, thy word is truth. Thy heart is deceitful. Are y'all with me? You can't trust your heart. You can't trust your heart. Your heart will make you like the wrong things. Your heart will make you fall in love with the wrong people. Philippians 3, 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Read it with me. And have no. Don't trust yourself. Paul said it this way. Romans seven fifteen and 18. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. For what I hate, that do I. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth. For it is to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Let me, let me say that in Alabama terms. That stuff I don't want to do, I end up doing. That stuff I, don't, I do want to do, I don't do. I want to read my Bible and pray every day and be consistent with that. I struggle with that. I don't want to have a bad attitude. I don't want to lust. I don't want to, I don't want to cheat. I don't want to lie. I don't want to do all these things. And sometimes my flesh is terrible. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. Do you, do you know that Billy Graham would not even get in an elevator alone with a woman that was not his wife? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about he wouldn't have counsel. I'm talking about he wouldn't even get in the elevator alone. Why, why did he do that? Well, it doesn't give an opportunity for anybody to run their mouth for one. But he is making sure never trust yourself. Young couples, don't put yourself in places you don't need to be. Don't trust you. Oh, preacher, we can handle. No, you can't. If Jesus is number one disciple, couldn't handle it. You can't either. Don't trust yourself. There's nothing good about our flesh. There's nothing redeemed about our flesh. There is nothing saved about our flesh. Your spirit is saved. Your flesh is weak. Don't trust yourself. Don't put yourself in compromising situations. Don't put yourself where you're going to fall. Don't make it easy to fall. Listen, it's hard to cuss in here. I ain't never heard one of y'all cussing here. But watch this. Get around 10 or 15 friends that cuss all the time. You'll be a sailor before you know it. You know why? Your flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak. Am, am, I, am I getting anywhere today? You know why we fall? Because we don't recognize how pitiful we truly are. Well, I tell you what, I've been in church all my life. Well, you're a prime suspect then. Because you're so prideful and arrogant, you think that's going to. Let me read a verse for you. Let me read a verse for you. First Corinthians chapter 10. It's not in your notes, but if you want to write this address down. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he. Let me tell you what. It got the first man that ever lived. It got the man closest to God's own heart, David. It got the strongest man to ever live, Samson. It got the smartest man ever to live, had a supernatural wisdom, and he still failed. So who do you think you are? If it got the first man, got the smartest man, got the strongest man, got the man closest to God's own heart. Don't think you're beyond it. And all God's people see it. Look at your neighbor and say, our flesh is pitiful. 
Don't trust it. Don't trust it. You see, the problem with Peter is he, 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 had, he had confidence. He trusted his ability. He trusted his flesh. He trusted his feelings. He trusted. Mm. Number three, we got to hurry. Number three. What was number one? What, what was the first mistake he made? There was unheeded warnings. Number two, there was. Can everybody see that? Say amen. Your flesh is weak. Number three, there was an un, underestimated warfare. There was an underestimated warfare. Peter drastically underestimated two things. First of all, first of all, he underestimated the power of Satan. The power of Satan. Revelation 12, 9. The great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Do y'all see that? Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He's not a rookie. He's not an amateur. The devil is a pro. Ephesians 6. I'll come back to 1 Peter. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles, the trickery, the deception of the... For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You may tell you, I think there's a great danger in the American church. We are not taking the devil seriously. He is taking you seriously. He is bringing everything in the culture, everything he is behind, everything he is influencing, everything. They're all puppets in his hands. He's doing everything he can to influence the way you think, influence the, your thought process. Everything is coming. Everything you see in commercials, everything you're seeing in advertisement, everything you're seeing in, in marketing. Listen, everywhere you go is, is promotion of homosexuality. It is, a, is a, a, a breakdown of the family unit that God himself created. And everywhere you turn, they're trying to influence the way you think. Now, this is why God says, be, listen, be not conformed to this world. Conform means to press into a mold. This world, the devil, the culture is pressing your mind, trying to pressure you into thinking the way they think and, and, and believing in the way they believe. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye. How are we transformed? By the renewing of our now, let me tell you what's happening. Everybody pay close attention. Let me please, please pay close attention to this. The problem is, is as Christians, we're not filling our minds with the scripture. We're not filling our minds with the truth. We're filling our minds with the radio. We're filling our minds with TV. We're filling our minds with marketing. And listen, our brains and our thinking is being conformed. A major Modern, uh, 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 a major denomination in America today are splitting because of accepting homosexuality, women priests, all of these things. You know why? Because they've conformed. They didn't get that out of the Bible. But oh, you're being a bigot. Oh, let me tell you what your problem is. If that's what you think, you're already there. You have succumbed to the pressure of this world. You took the devil lightly. Now, this is what, Je- this is what Peter did. Jesus looked Peter dead in his eye and said, let me tell you something. Satan wants you. Satan desires to have thee. He wants to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee. And you know what Peter did? Eh, I'll never Listen, you need, to, you need to talk that business to these other disciples. That's what he said. Literally, he said, though all, in other words, you might, they might need to hear this. 
Just like many Christians that's been in this church before, you've thought that person on that other pew needs to hear this. That's exactly what Peter did. He took his enemy lightly. But you know what he said after this? You know what he said after this? After he fell, after he was broken, after he went out and wept bitterly, after he experienced the worst time in his life, after God restored him and put him back and healed him and put him back in the way he needed to go, this is what he said. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody pay attention. Everybody, 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 look at me, look at me, everybody, everybody. This is what he said. Peter said, don't you forget this. Don't let this slip your mind. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devils, as a roaring lion who roameth about and seeks whom he may devour. You know why he said that? Because he still had teeth marks. He felt it. He experienced it. He knew what it meant to be attacked by Satan. He knew what it was like to take the devil lightly. He took the devil lightly and he did what he thought he would never do. Let me tell you why we make mistakes as Christians. We don't take the devil seriously. We think this is a game out there. Let me tell you something. What would you do if you lived in Ukraine right now? You'd be always vigilant. You'd always be looking out. You'd always be careful because you knew you were in a a war. Well, guess what? I hate to break this to you. But the moment that you got saved, you became a soldier in the army of God, and you declared war. Let me tell you why we fall. We underestimate the power of Satan. And then this is one I really want to hunker down on. We underestimate not only the power of Satan, we underestimate the potential of self. I tell you what, I'd never do that. I'd never cheat on my spouse. I'd, I'd, I'd never kill anybody. You know, there's really good people in prison right now. Because anger was unchecked. And they are good people. Saved people who did things they never thought they would ever do. I'd never do that. You know, the problem is, is you don't recognize what kind of potential you have. I need everybody to listen to me. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care what position you've held in the church. I don't care how much Bible you have memorized. Let me tell you what the Bible said. How many of y'all will believe the Bible? Will y'all believe the Bible if I read the Bible? Don't take my word for it. Let me read the Bible. Let me, let me tell you what you have potential to do. <clears throat> Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh. flesh. Now how many, of y'all, how many of y'all have flesh? Can we say 100%? How many of y'all have to fight it every day? So, so that means all of us. He's, he's talking about all of us. Amen. The works. Now let's use the word potential here. This is what your flesh has the potential to do. The potential of the flesh is this. What's the first one? Do you know that means every single one of you have potential to commit that sin? In the right place, in the right spot, under the right circumstances, every single person in here has potential to fall in that. Oh, I would never. Be careful. Fornication. Fornication is sex outside of marriage. We all got potential. Uncleanness, lasciviousness, moral impurity. And by the way, I I put definitions of the ones that may not be obvious Moral impurity, lasciviousness means looseness, lustful, irregular indulgence of animal desires. Idolatry, that's, that's, that's obvious. Witchcraft, hatred, 
Variance. Variance means disagreement, state of enmity, discord. Emulations. It means contention, strife, competition. Wrath. We know what that is. Violent anger. Not just anger, violent anger. Strife. Seditions. Sedition is, in general, is an insurrection and opposition to civil authority as mutiny is to a military. You mean save people can do Yeah. That's what it says. Heresies. Heresy means a fundamental error in religion. You can get the word completely wrong. Envying. You know what that means. Wanting what somebody else has. Murders. That's not, that's not, that's not hard to understand. We know what that is. Preacher, I just, I could never murder somebody. Be careful. I didn't say it. What, what are we reading? Can the Bible lie? That means we all have potential to commit that sin. Look at the next one. Drunkenness. Revelings. Revelings. This word refers to drinking parties that go late into the night, usually ending in sexual debauchery. And such the like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Keep in mind the word do there means practice. It doesn't mean if you if you've committed one of these that you you wasn't saved. It means if you live in this and you practice in this, you're not saved and you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But he is saying every single person has potential. Let me tell you why we fall. We don't think we will. We don't think we could ever commit that sin. Do you know why the Bible says when somebody falls, when somebody falls, it says ye which are spiritual. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Restore them. Don't ostracize them. Don't, 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 listen, kick them to the curb. Don't treat them like trash. You know why I said ye which are spiritual do this? Because he knows those that are not spiritual won't do it because they think they're too good and they would never do that. Amen. And you're the one with the greatest potential. Peter said, though all them, I will. Come on there, but boy, it's awful quiet in here. Though all of them, I will never. never. Let me tell you why he failed. Unheeded warnings. Jesus tried to tell him. Don't close your ears when you come into the house of God. Pay attention. You may be facing something that very week, this very week that Jesus wants to warn you of. And you come in here and not pay attention and you're going to miss out. Unheeded warnings. Number two. What was number two? All three of you. Number two. Number three, number four, here's a finish, undisciplined walk, undisciplined walk. Watch this, my soul. Jesus is looking at them. He's trying to help them. He's trying to help them. Did I say he's trying to help them? He's not, he's not berating them. He's not condemning them. He's warning them. How many of y'all believe that Jesus loved them disciples? How many of y'all believe that Jesus was concerned about them disciples messing up? And that's why he told them. But watch the response. Watch the response. He says, listen, all of you, he doesn't, he doesn't, target Peter here. He's speaking to and this is what he says. You're going to run. It's going to be bad tonight. You're going to be offended in me. You're going to abandon me. And what happens? What happens? Who speaks up? Come on. Peter. Nuh-uh. Though all 
Though all will run, I ain't. You know what basically he was saying? They don't love you like I do. Why, why do you think, why do you think when Jesus caught Peter at the, after the resurrection, when, when they were, and he came and said, he asked Peter three times, Peter, lovest thou me? And the second time he said, lovest thou me more than these? He's confronting Peter with his own words. They may not love you like I do. They're not as spiritual as I am. I would never do this. And he points his finger in Peter's face and says, Satan wants you. And he's desired to have thee that may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Now watch what happens. Watch what happens. This is what happens. You don't find it in Matthew. I think it's in Mark. I think it's in Mark. Mark 14, 31. Look what it says. But he, meaning Peter, spake the more, what's that word? Vehemently. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. You know what he got mad instead of listening to Christ, he was arguing with Christ. Do y'all see this? He should have been listening, but he was arguing. Now everybody look at me for a minute. I, I don't even care if we finish the rest of it. If you listen to me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Many times sitting in the pews right now, and I'm going to tell you that there's people right now, right now, you listen to me good right now. In this auditorium this morning, you've committed what Peter just committed. You have gotten defensive. What was the first thing that happened to Peter when he was approached and confronted with truth? Peter, you're going to deny me. He automatically got what? Defensive. Defensive. Let me tell you something. Everybody look at me. If you cannot be corrected by your pastor, you cannot be pastored. You're a sheep who refuses to follow a shepherd. Now, I'm not talking about if he gives his opinion. I don't care about no opinion. Any man's opinion. Any pastor's opinion. But if I give you verse and chapter and says, this is what God says, and you get, then you got a problem. Peter got defensive. He got angry. How dare he think I would do that? See, this is what, this is why I truly believe that Peter believed. He truly believed he could handle it. He truly believed that he would never do that. But he got defensive. You know what we all should do before we ever walk through those doors? Lord, take down my defenses. Let me listen to your word. Lord, if, if there is something that I'm doing that I should not be doing, if there's something I'm not doing that I should be doing, don't let me get defensive today. Let me be submissive. Can you imagine the difference in this story if Peter said, oh, my stars. What do I do? Lord, help me. What do I need to do so I don't do that? I guarantee you this, he wouldn't have went out and wept bitterly. Don't get defensive. Don't think I'm being mean. We're living in a culture that's got their feelings sitting on their shoulder. You cannot even tell the truth anymore without somebody getting defensive. Well, I, if that is your first emotion, you're wrong. You're wrong. And you're headed for a fall. He argued when he should have been listening. Secondly, write this down. Secondly, write this down. Really important. He slept when he should have been praying. He slept when he should have been praying. The devil was moving behind the scenes. The enemy was moving behind the scenes. The enemy was awake and they were, they were plotting and they were coming and Jesus knew it. 
But the disciples didn't take him seriously. Jesus warned them over and over, pray, pray. I heard, I heard this one time, or read it, I don't remember. Read it or heard it. I think I read it. When we don't pray, we're telling God we don't need you. We're being, we're eat up with self-confidence. Because why, why, why do we pray? Because we need God's help. And when we go through our life and we try to live right and we try to do right, but we don't pray, we're, you know what we're telling God? I don't need you. I got this. Man, that is the, the epitome of what Peter did. I got this. And he did something he never thought he would ever do in a million years. He argued when he should have been listening. He slept when he should have been praying. Here's a biggie. Here's a biggie. He acted without asking. He was so impulsive. He acted without asking. As soon as they came into the, as soon as they came into the garden and they grabbed Jesus, Peter took out his sword and he swung at the servant of the high priest. His name was Malchus. I believe Malchus tried to duck and he, and he skimmed, he skimmed and cut his ear off. Peter meant to kill him. Peter was mean in business, but never one time. Look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. I know y'all have a tendency when that's the last blank. Look at me. Peter never asked Jesus, what do you want me to do? He just impulsively acted. You let me tell you when we get into our greatest trouble, when we don't talk to him first. Y'all ever heard this phrase? How many of y'all ever heard this phrase? It's, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. How many of y'all heard that? Raise your hand. You, you need to take that out of your vocabulary. It may be easier, but it costs a whole lot more. I have people come to me all the time. Preacher, is it okay to do? No, no, no. You know it's not okay. That's why you're asking. God's done told you no, and you want my permission. The same Holy Spirit that is in me is in you too. And the Holy Spirit's already told you not to date him. The Holy Spirit's already told you not to date her. The Holy Spirit's already told you to quit being on the computer with her or him. The Holy Spirit said, don't go down there. The Holy Spirit said, don't hang around them. Hello? Lord, what do you think about this situation? You have not because you... There's a a story in Joshua, and I'm, I'm done, I'm done, but I need you to hear this one. I challenge you to go through the whole book of Joshua. I challenge everybody in here, go through the whole book of Joshua. Do you realize there were specific times in Joshua's warfare, Joshua's warfare throughout, that's all all Joshua is, is Joshua and the children of Israel conquering the promised land. And do you know every time that Joshua said, okay, what do we do? God gave specific directions, specific instructions. And when Joshua fulfilled, kind of like marching around seven times, y'all with me? When he did exactly what God said, they won. They won. They were victorious. But watch this. The second battle they were in, Brother John. Fairview, pay close attention. The second battle they were in, it was a little rinky-dink city. Very, very small, small, nothing compared to Jericho. Joshua said, I got it. He never asked God one time what to do. He made his own plans. He made his own decisions. He made his own choices. And guess what? He fell. 
and was defeated, and men lost their lives. You know, some of, sometimes, listen up, listen up, listen up. I need about another half hour, but I don't have it. You know why sometimes we don't ask God first? Come on. We already know what he's going to say. But I came here to tell you today. Some of you are fixing to fall. I don't know what it is. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's at work. I don't know if it's at the gym you go to. But God is telling you, knock it off. You're fixing to fall. You've got a choice this morning. You can fix it. Listen, if Peter would have solved the very first point, he wouldn't have had to worry about the rest. If he would have just listened when Jesus warned him. I'm here to warn you, you can't handle it. You're not so spiritual that it can't happen to you. And all God's people say it. What do we do if we fall? Let me give you these five things, six things real quick. I'm just going to read them. I'm not even going to preach them. When we fall, number one. Okay, okay. Number one. Boy, that's not happening today, is it? Number one. Number two. Now, I need y'all fair of you. I need y'all fair of you. I want to hear you over here now. Let's all read it. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Everybody listen to me and repeat after me. Repeat after me. Failure, Failure is, not is not final. Say it again. Say it again. We're all in, all in here that's failed. It's not the end of the story. Jesus forgave him. Jesus restored him. And Jesus commissioned him. And then Jesus greatly used him. And all God's people say it. But let's not get there. Let's not have to go that route. I would rather not have teeth marks. Are y'all with me? Let's pray.